Welcome back to the Yahoo Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Yet another edition. They haven't killed this show off yet. I am merely Andy Behrens. Uh, I'm not coming to you from Chicago this week as I normally am, but instead uh, we are here somewhere near Sarasota for the holidays. I'm at the in-laws. I've done a show from here before. Um, Perhaps you recall the basement. Uh, and I am here with an awful lot of people and dogs, various animals in the house. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, sound wise, there's basically no chance of zero background noise on this pod. I am joined by Dalton Del Don, who is in his usual uh, soundproof cave at his home, in Central California. Uh, Dalton, how are you and fam- and the family enjoying the holidays? Yeah, doing all right. Uh, not not traveling or anything myself. Uh, pretty boring compared to you. It sounds like you're in a bunker. A lot of people, kind of a home alone situation, a crowded house. I have in like I a like family it. compound. That is actually very close to what this is. Nice. So, city, were you able to watch some uh, some hoops? Did you have a good holidays? Eat some good food? How's it going, man? I did. One really nice thing about being uh, at my father-in-law's place is that he's got um, he spares no expense on televisions. So like every room has some sort of super up to date 4K television. Um, So I have a very nice game watch situation here. So I made it through I made it through approximately four games in a quarter. I didn't make it all the way through uh, that final uh, Pelicans game, but it was a good day of good day of hoops. Uh, Good, good time with the family. Yeah, it's it's funny you bring that up because uh, Monday night I was at the in-laws for their version of Christmas Eve. And that's we just happens to be week 16 fantasy championship. And I'm down to the final points. And their in-laws uh, did not have uh, the channel ESPN for Monday Night Football. <laughs> so I'm on my phone coming down to Mike Boone. I needed and I ranked him aggressively. It was ugly. I also had uh, Aaron Jones. And it was what I ended up losing by 1.1 points and watching my phone in week 16 oh. at the in-laws. Uh, just one of those brutal, brutal things with no TV in it. Uh, yeah, yeah. That just reminded I'm me so, of that. You, so were you actually facing Aaron Jones or had you? No, I, I Aaron had Jones. Aaron Jones and I had Boone and I was facing Diggs and so, you know, a lot of moving parts and all that. And also I also had Bailey, who I added just because I wanted, you know, you know, you make those decisions. I added a kicker because I'm like, he'll come down to Monday night. It'll it, He's at home. It's a good matchup. But I don't know. Anyway, all that stuff came down to one point the whole season home league and uh, the in-laws not having the TV made it just extra frustrating and, and perfect. Yeah, the magic of the uh, there, there's like a there's like a pull to the Monday night game, especially in the playoffs where you th- it, it, like you can almost convince yourself that those points count for more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. like you didn't necessarily want Dan Bailey and maybe you benched uh, a, a better like who knows who knows with kickers week to week. I, I will take anyway. on, ownage, uh, ownership of, of ranking Boone high no matter when he would have played. I like that setup. I like that matchup. And wow, just egg in the face. What a way to finish. Uh, so we're moving on to basketball for good reason here, because uh, what, what a rough, rough ending there to football. Well, I'll just mention for a second that I'm basically coming off a legendary fantasy football season. Um, I plan at the end of this podcast to just go on a bender, like an Ovechkin style bender where I just celebrate for a solid week. It might even be like the Dirk Nowitzki post uh, championship off season where I just gain, I don't know, 35 pounds. I report back way out of shape when it's time to when it's time to rank for fantasy football again. I'm I'm pretty excited. Epic. Congratulations. I'm glad to hear it because I know you're going to have a woeful fantasy basketball season. So I'm glad, <laughs> that glad could, that, that could very well be right. 
we will uh, we will get into our starting five in a second, which is just going to be we're just going to roll through the five uh, Christmas Day games, talk about uh, each of those teams where they stand. Um, but I would actually first like to get into a little a little news that uh, that Woj dropped. I believe it was between that first game, that Raptors game, and the Philly Milwaukee game. Uh, Woj hitting us with some uh, with a Victor Oladipo timeline, which I thought was interesting because we haven't really had one to this point, right? He's been uh, a player without a, a firm ETA. Woj says that he will be back um, late January, early February, somewhere in there. The team has not really been that specific to this point. Uh, I w- I've been reading over the last couple of days. I, I, first of all, I should say I don't have any I don't have any fantasy investment in Oladipo. That is uh, the sort of situation that I normally stay away from when we do. We have a really murky recovery timeline. Don't know when the player is going to be back. Don't know how much he's going to play when he's back. Um, but there's no question the last version of Victor Oladipo we saw was great and was a was a huge fantasy impact player. So, of course, his return is a thing. It is a big deal. Uh, I've been reading a little bit about the surgery over the last few days, and which, of course, does not qualify me to talk about it. But not only is it uh, super complicated and it has been a, uh, a procedure that uh, has been has led to a rough recovery for a number of players, uh, kind of a rare basketball injury. Actually, it's the quadriceps tendon. So it's the it's not the patellar tendon, which is like below the kneecap, but it's the quadriceps tendon above the kneecap. Um, and the repo- the recovery is obviously, as we've seen in Oladipo's case, it's long. Um, they have to they have to apparently they have to immobilize the leg for like a month and a half after the surgery. Like no working out, total atrophy. Um, you can't bend it at all. There's no like immediate rehab for it or anything. They have to let it like reattach fully, and then you can begin working out. Like just a a long arduous process. Um, so I don't even want to. I, I kind of don't even want to make you guess at what exactly Oladipo is going to look like. We hope that he has 95%, certainly 100% of the explosiveness that he used to have um, when he comes back. I just want to get your thoughts on how much you think he might play at first. I assume he won't play back-to-backs. It'll be that sort of situation. And who uh, who exactly he's going to displace uh, for the Pacers. Yeah, I know you highlighted it. It's a serious injury that's going to keep him out, what, a full calendar year. And he's going to be, his limit. his minutes will be limited. His load will be managed for sure. He's a a maniac when it comes to workout. So I have no doubt that, you know, he's attacking that yeah. rehab like vigorously. Um, but, um, but when he does return, it's going to have some impact. Yes. It may be no back to backs, as you said, and all that, but uh, Malcolm Brogdon has been so, so good. His fantasy owners don't want any disruption there. Same with Sabonis. Um, and if you want to go a little bit deeper, Aaron holiday is a guy I wanted to touch on for a pickup. I know that he's, Really been added because the Brogdon's missed some games here, but he's also been getting some time at the expense of Lamb recently. He's been a top 60 player the last week and out there in about 80% of Yahoo League. So Holiday's interesting. I think he was a top 25 pick uh, recently in the draft. So he he had become uh, on the fantasy on deeper league radar. But uh, Brogdon and Sabonis are two guys that are, you know, killing it in fantasy leagues that are going to be the most impacted. Holiday also, I believe, another I don't think I'm making this up, another member of the Holiday family, right? Like yeah. Justin Holiday, Drew yeah, Holiday, crazy, huh? uh, yeah. UCLA clan, like um, so that's pretty crazy right there. Uh I, I assume that Holiday is gonna keep I've added him in the Friends and Family League and in uh at least one other league. Uh, in a charity league that I play in, uh, he's been not only has he been really good, but I, you got to feel like he's going to is he going to displace Lamb at some point? Or are we just going to see more holiday? Like because I, yeah. I can't have him affected by the Oladipo re- return. 
Yeah, no, Justin Alder is actually on this team as well. They're, uh, but uh, they're they're both uh, on Indiana now. But uh, Aaron, I think, is, needs to be added in deeper leagues, and I think he will displace Lamb eventually. Yeah, I know he's impressed if you watch him. He looks good. He looks like the real deal. He's an intriguing guy to add in, in, in deeper leagues. Uh, I, I would have him. I, I think he has more upside than Lamb moving forward. Yeah, so if you had, uh, if you know, if you had stashed Oladipo, you can take, I guess, a little bit of a victory, uh, a mini victory lap, and uh, and hope for the best there. He's probably only a month away, so that's pretty exciting. And let's get into uh, let's get into the Christmas Day games because that was fun. Oh, well, I will I will say it wasn't quite as fun as I'd imagined. Um, we had one really solid game. We had one game where both teams flat out showed up uh, and, and it was really fun and it was tight to the end. And then we had some other games where at least one of the participants was was on and uh, others were not. Uh, let's just let's just dive into what was really the main event of the night. That was Lakers Clippers. Uh, I was actually I, I got to say I was looking forward as much to Philly and Milwaukee, but that didn't deliver maybe on the same maybe at the same level that Lakers Clippers did. It was a great game. Uh, super exciting. It was it was tight to the end. LeBron and AD uh, both entered dealing with injuries lebron may have left dealing with the same injury because he uh he took a shot to uh to the like the quad area groin um might be dealing with a with a recurrence of the same thing that had kept him out before this game anyway those two combined for 47 james with a near triple double in this one um very little supporting cast help i would say uh aside from kuzma going crazy for a for a quick binge in the first half but that was about it um Kawhi was great Patrick Beverly was dominant late in this thing um, without even scoring. He had nine rebounds. He had a block, a steal. He was a plus 26 on the night. He was great. I don't know. Your thoughts on the game generally? Anything that you happen to see? Yeah, it was pretty much a, a dud, the, the slate. Not much drama throughout the, the games, except this one did have a, a nice comeback. And uh, yeah, I guess the, the Lakers are winless against the top seeds. They've lost their four straight now. Obviously, not too much to worry about long term. Other than LeBron's health, you know, maybe did he rush back dealing with this groin? It seems like Beverly just need him there and it would have happened regardless, you know, even if he was 100 um, percent as far as rest or whatever. But um, yeah, it's something to think about. I believe he plays Saturday and Sunday. So at minimum, he's probably going to sit one of these back to backs coming up um but uh yeah it was a, f- a fun game beverly i love to see i mean he is just so exciting to get so so fired up and get so uh, into it like he did at the end there but uh kuzma got hot and it frankly watching kuzma fire up those threes just got you frustrated if you drafted him because like where has this been and he's kind of just relegated to this three-point shooter this year and his lack of development but uh it was nice to see him have a pulse there for a brief period but uh yeah a nice battle and you get the feeling that this is hardly going to be the last we see these two uh you know go down to it and also we're going to talk about it later but you know the Kawhi whole drama there and these two LA you know t- these two team franchises clearly don't like each other oh uh, for sure absolutely that that seems crystal clear um I, I gotta say like just and maybe uh, it's probably just too much of an over obviously the Lakers have been great until you know little little losing streak recently some of that related to James's health um and some of that just related to who they're playing they're obviously a great team um it does strike me that man, uh, another piece wouldn't wouldn't hurt him. <laughs> like a like another reliable shooter for nights that Danny Green isn't knocking down everything um, would certainly help. I don't know, like a Redick type would certainly help. I, I don't know exactly what that piece is, and obviously they're going to be hamstrung in terms of uh, you know their only trade asset is really Kuzma, and he's not making a ton of money, so they have to match salaries. On top of that, they don't have picks to trade. Um, it's it's complicated for them to make deals, but 
I really do feel watching that team and, you know, there's so many, obviously the culture at Yahoo is just loaded with Lakers fans. Um, and I, I like, I'm loath to, uh, to say anything that, that insults them in any way, but maybe they're not the best team in the league. Um, they need to add something in my view. Yeah, that makes sense. And we'll see who GM LeBron asks for, you know, because I'm sure he'll have a hand in yeah. it. But uh, yeah, no, that that makes total sense. And I would still, yeah, I would still put the Clippers as a slight favorites over them. Uh, yeah, d- down the stretch. So yeah, another piece would definitely help for sure. Yeah. And I, I like, again, I don't know. I don't know how exactly that happens other than dealing Kuzma and then and then just trying to match some salaries to to get to the level of a really good player that I, I will say that probably my favorite broadcasting exchange of the of the of the entire Christmas slate occurred during this game when Jeff Van Gundy was attempting to uh, compliment Pat Beverly's rebounding, like literally at, at the exact moment that Pat Beverly had pinned Dwight Howard on his hip and boxed him out for a board, which is crazy because he gives up, I don't know, eight, nine inches to Howard and I don't know, a hundred pounds, something like that. Like Pat Beverly is just a dog and he complimented his rebounding and Mark Jackson chose that moment to just jump all over him and say that Pat Beverly was not in fact one of the great rebounding guards. And then Beverly just got every contested ball in the final, I don't know, in the final five minutes of the game. Plus he stripped LeBron late. I mean, it's just like, I'm, I'm just a Pat Beverly apologist generally. Um, that was super fun to see. Future Knicks coach, Mark Jackson possibly are you in or out on are you in or out on van gundy i like him personally oh i love him um he's another he's another guy who uh, constantly um constant rumors about him returning to coaching and and he's clearly a really good coach really good basketball mind all that but i think he's found his highest like it's like it is with hubie brown right like hubie brown was a good coach um and just a great broadcaster and like i kind of don't want I kind of don't want Jeff Van Gundy to leave the booth. Like he's so good. He's to me, he's, he's super fun. Totally. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. I feel and exactly his whole similar. like crotchety old guy shtick is only going to get better as he becomes. Oh, in yeah. fact, like a legit crotchety old guy. Yeah. yeah uh, I love he's him. getting I there love pretty him quick, the but yeah, no, for sure. No, I, I enjoy <laughs> him as well. For sure. Definitely. All, all right, right let's next, hit, all right, what's the next game? Yeah, let's hit our next game. Um, let's hit Milwaukee and Philadelphia. And this was, again, I was, and in, like it taught us a lot. This was probably maybe this was the most instructive game of them all because it, it definitely shows uh, a, a proper blueprint against Milwaukee, which has just been the team has just been sort of running roughshod over the East. Um, Embiid and Simmons were both great, um, huge games from both of them. Embiid probably your just among the marquee players, probably your star of the day because he really did a great job when isolated against Giannis and when when faced with one of those situations where Giannis just gets like three four dribbles coming down court and for almost any other team and for almost any other player there's nothing you can do you're absolutely helpless when he's when he's in a, a break situation like that like Embiid stonewalled him a couple times Embiid was great defensively he was great offensively uh Simmons uh, himself with a near triple day 15 7 and 14 steals blocks everything um, and then Giannis was in, in so far as an 18 and 14 game can be a dud. He was a bit of a dud. Uh, oh, seven from three. He missed 19 shots in the game, scored 18 points, missed 19 shots. Um, it was, it was really rough for him. It was, it was kind of the model that you expect, uh, when, when really good teams face up with the Bucks. um, the, but like the Bucks struck me as an, and again, maybe I'm just reacting to Christmas. Um, the Bucks strike me as another team that should add something. Obviously, 
they were without uh, uh, Bledsoe. And he makes a difference, but it's not like Bledsoe was covered in glory in the postseason last year. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on Milwaukee generally? Do they need to add or was just I mean, they've been so dominant all season that maybe we can maybe we can forgive one road loss against a great team. Yeah. And a team that's 16 and two at home now in, in Philly. Uh, Embiid is just feasted on zone defenses and just uh, Milwaukee's allowed a bunch of threes this year and it's had a lot happen to go in yesterday. You know, also they brought in Horford to specifically stop the Greek freak and uh, so far so good. It worked yeah. out well there. But uh, man, Embiid, um, I believe it was like Zach Lowe said it, the, the advanced stats for defensively, he like breaks the metrics, that guy. Like all the shooting percentages with, when he's within a couple feet, there's him and then everyone else. It's just out of control. If that guy does ever like fully get into shape and stay healthy. I mean, there. That's why they're the upside to win it all. I mean, it's a defense, and you saw it. Yeah. He's engaged, and that's why I'm not shocked to see him. You know, it was a nationally televised game in Christmas. You want to see these superstars shine in the bright lights. And Embiid woke up, and yeah, the guy's just a monster. And defense is still underrated on that end. He's also kind of doubled down. I believe he said again, reiterated again recently that he that he's eyeing the defensive player of the year, uh, a defensive player of the year. I I don't know that this year's is his to win, but really convincing case for it uh i i thought on i thought on christmas because i i was i was thinking that game would have a finish similar to la la um that that it would just come down to the wire i i kept waiting for milwaukee to make the run that gets him back in it and and just never happened and and tip of the hat to Embiid, who was just just absolutely tremendous uh from the opening tip yeah, I'd still say those are the most favorites uh, conference finals matchups. I'd say those are the two likeliest probably matchups, I'd say. Yeah, that's got to be right. That's absolutely got to be right. Um, a bunch of bunch of fun, frisky teams in the East. Um, who knows how Indy's going to look when uh, when Oladipo gets back. But man, the Sixers, when they're playing like that, are are a cut above the rest of them. And the next couple teams, too, we talk about the, the uh, Celtics. They, they, they might have something to say about it, too. Yeah, the Celtics and Raptors were... I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to call the game a dud because I don't know how good it was going to be without Siakam in it. He was out with a with a groin injury. No ETA on him. gave a gave a mid game interview where he offered no specifics on when he might be back. Um, Marcus Saul is out as well. I, I feel like this was the game. Maybe maybe this and and the uh, the Houston Golden State game that might have given us players to uh, actually pick up on the wire because um, Chris Boucher was awesome. Uh, he went seven. Of t- I don't know if any of this is repeatable for Boucher, but it was a spotlight game. It's the first game on the Christmas slate, and he goes seven for ten. He's three of four from three, six boards, two blocks. Um, one of the highlight plays of the day, his uh, his putback dunk, he was tremendous. Um, what can we reasonably expect from him moving forward? I would think that minutes will not be a problem for however long both Siakam and Gasol are out. Yeah, the water boy, Boucher. I mean, you got to pick him up. I, I mean, if you're in a competitive <laughs> league, I think he's out there in 70% of Yahoo. And I don't know the minutes will be inconsistent, but you just look at the per 36 basis, the you know the, the defensive stats. And yeah, I mean, I'm adding him and just seeing if the minutes come. You said all the injuries, Siakam, uh, Norman Powell, a guy who was looking right. uh, terrific as a, good, a great ad, and he got hurt. That injury looks ser- more serious than I first thought. Now, Marcus All is out as well. Pat McCaw, they might have to move him out of the starting lineup. Um, OG Anunobi, is a guy who's not been great or he didn't have a great game yesterday but I still think he could be a monster given you know all the injuries there um obviously Van Fleet's back but um yeah Boucher the water boy is definitely a guy I would be adding in fantasy leagues if, if you're in competitive ones because there's so much upside there if the minutes do come yeah he was terrific and in the context of that game to only be a minus five was impressive as well um so really impressed by him although it's not as if 
you know, it's not as if he's been doing this night after night. That was notably yeah. the best game right. of his season. Uh, so maybe it's a one-off, but he was super impressive on Christmas. Uh, anything on the Boston side strike you? We, we didn't see... Other than other than Jalen Brown, uh, Jalen Brown was great, but there was no other, I, I guess I would say, standout performance. It was like six or seven guys in double figures, a, a pretty, pretty comfortable win. Yeah. Oh, just to be clear, Boucher, a top 50 fantasy player of the last month, 15 games on a per 36 basis. So if he does get run, man, there's some upside there. Uh, yeah. Hayward returned. Nice to see that. Uh, this game featured the number two and number three defenses in the NBA uh, efficiency. So, uh, you know, not going to see a ton of fantasy points there. The, the, the over under was a little higher than expected. But yeah, more of the same. Whatever. Going to dissect every little game. More of the same for Boston. Nice to see Hayward back healthy. Oh, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. All right, fourth game in our starting five. Uh, the the probably the only one that you want to talk about. I'll I'll just give you the floor. You can talk about the greatness of Damian Lee and the dominance shown by your Warriors uh, in a spotlight game against James Harden and and company. Yeah, you're burying the lead here. Come on, I think the Warriors have knocked the <laughs> the the Rockets out of the playoffs for the last five seasons, maybe five or six. I don't know. And now in the national spotlight is eleven point favorites. Golden State steps up. No, I don't know what they're doing, winning, hurting the draft picks. Uh, but uh, yeah, fun game. Damian Lee. Uh, he's uh, actually Steph Curry's brother-in-law. He married Steph's sister. A career-high 15 rebounds during the telecast. They said something like, Curry's like, I, I bet $100 million my brother-in-law would never grab 15 rebounds in a game. But <laughs> he's an interesting situation. So he's in a two-way contract. I believe there's 15 days left. So the Warriors basically have to make a trade or they can't convert him. Uh, but Alec Burks is possibly to get traded. And they should be playing Jacob Evans and Jordan Poole so, some anyway. Some of that is and, the fact uh, that they're hard-capped, right? Like there's yeah, the, yeah. The so hard, they're, yeah. yeah, they're in a, in a totally weird situation. So I cannot predict what's going to happen. But if he keeps playing like that, it's always someone you know stepping up too with Robinson and it was Burks and, and Pascal. So it's just going to happen with the Warriors team that's starting a bunch of G-leaguers. But right now, Damian Lee definitely looks like the guy to add in your fantasy team. But I, I can't promise it's going to last more than the next couple of weeks. If you're if you're making one ad off of uh, off of the Christmas games, is it uh, is it Boucher or is it Lee? Honestly, with the Warriors situation and how he, uh, probably Lee, probably Lee, right? Right. I'd say Lee, Lee, if you need short term help, Boucher, if you're looking for like a long term, more upside. Boring. Yeah, answer, it was super, but that's, but super that's... impressive. I, I wouldn't think that the rebounding numbers are going to be anything like that. Um, <laughs> like game to game, right? Like he's just not a player from whom you would normally expect double digit rebounds, but still 22 and 15, uh, three steals in that game. Just by, by far, he and uh, the way that Green finished was really impressive. I wouldn't say that Draymond was was entirely impressive throughout, but finished really strong. Not impressing at all uh, was James Harden, who, you know, it's not it's not like it was the first time that uh that that we've seen teams him just trap really aggressively and really high um as soon as he crosses midcourt force the ball out of his hands it was not the first time that we've seen aggressive double teams on him he he is occasionally pretty lethargic when the double team comes though he's he's not like you know back cutting off of it or anything like that he's he's more than willing to be trapped uh at the at midcourt and and stand there and occupy two guys and like theoretically that should work you should allow your teammates to go four on three and that should that should work out just fine but it was a pretty ugly mess of a game yesterday for Houston 
Yeah, I expected a monster game from Harden against that defense, but they just really just left Russell Westbrook wide open. 11 of 32, 0 of 8 from 3, and he was just willing to fire away, and it worked. So the great defensive plan, but uh, yeah, obviously Harden's a monster, better games. And Russell Westbrook had been playing uh, much better, but touch on the, the Warriors real quick. Uh, uh, Damian Lee's actually been a top 25 fantasy player the last week. Obviously, a big game helps, but um, he is at least interesting. And my main takeaway of watching them over the last few weeks is Draymond Green's going to be unreliable big time your fantasy team the rest of the year and uh d'angelo russell is going to be i really do think he's going to be a monster if health permits i know i made the crazy prediction on this pod a month ago but he's just in such a terrific situation there with no one else around him he's just gonna he's gonna put up like i really do think it'd be like borderline first round fantasy numbers the nights he plays yeah that wouldn't totally shock me and and lee as you look at his game logs um that's a bunch of double digit games that he's put up since uh since being active again for golden state so a, a pretty seriously impressive and actually as you look at the rebounding totals it's five it's six it's seven it's seven then the 15 is obviously going to be an outlier but the the rebounding totals at least for his position um relatively impressive yeah and if you're in a really deep keeper league uh i'm I'm gonna mess up his last name but smiley they have uh, on golden state he's back this guy they absolutely love you should see the fluff pieces they just think he's the future come oh man so so smiley i'm I'm gonna mess up his name alan but uh he's a guy if you're in some crazy deep dynasty league uh last game we need to hit it's got to be and again i apologize i didn't make it to the to the finish of this one not that it was a tight finish at all um is pelicans and nuggets um really impressive box score numbers for brandon ingram like that guy just hasn't quit and hasn't really slowed down that much he had 31 hit seven threes uh Derek favors with a huge game eight 13 and eight uh i thought the notable thing on the nugget side was that paul Millsap was shut out entirely did not score barely made a dent in the box score um maybe with a veteran like that somebody who isn't always going to play 30 35 minutes we shouldn't be too alarmed but uh i don't know your 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 thoughts on this game generally i don't think it produced any single player that fantasy owners need to go out and need to go out and add um but uh, again really impressive effort from ingram yeah, Millsap was weird. He checked out a couple minutes into this third quarter and never went back in. I was waiting for an injury to be reported, but it was probably just the game flow or whatever. But uh, Lonzo Ball's back starting. That's one thing to note. And uh, yeah, Brandon Ingram's just awesome. He's a stud, and that's not going away, man. He's just here to stay. Uh, and the other takeaway is this, I guess, the news with Zion still being limited to non-contact work. Um, I guess he's going to ramp it up after New Year's. But have you seen these recent reports? Um, I know uh, Yahoo picked up one of them that he's like he's, they're teaching him the Pelicans are teaching him to run and walk differently. I yeah, mean, maybe that was the next thing I was sounds... gonna, that was the next thing I was going to bring up the the changes to the kinetic chain for Zion yeah. Williamson. Yeah, I mean, maybe it sounds worse than it is, but I mean, man, fantasy owners now. I mean, they certainly this year. This year, you got to obviously really keep expectations definitely in check. But man, what do you, what do you think, Andy? I mean, what did you make of it? I actually think, um, like fantasy wise, just just like he'd pretty much bottomed out in terms of value, right? Like, and I feel like this whole idea that they have to retrain, I don't, I don't know. Like I, you know, as you, as you know, I'm a fan of some sports that are fringy sports, um, uh, in popular culture, right? Like I'm a big track and field fan. It's not that uncommon to hear about athletes who need to change form and are working on form from season to season like this. This is normal in other sports, right? Like I, I want to run a little bit more upright. I want to whatever. Like other athletes in other sports work on stuff like this. It doesn't sound that crazy to me. Um, it, it is it is notably unusual in the NBA. We don't hear about this a lot, right? But he like 
this is this seems this strikes me as somewhat reasonable for um an athlete who is as ridiculously almost superhuman level explosive as Zion is, right? Um and at the at the weight that he carries, um I can imagine a team being very concerned about uh about exactly how his game is going to age and how his body is going to age. So I like I kind of get it. Uh I I don't know exactly what they were referring to like that you you kind of gave us the the money quotes about retraining how he walks and runs um maybe it's maybe it's not that bad but i i can certainly imagine uh wanting him to to carry himself differently as he as he sprints and runs up and down a court i guess maybe that's what this is um i i would love to hear more specifics from uh from people connected with the team though yeah, I can see people overacting to the headline. It doesn't sound I mean, it doesn't sound great, but uh, you're right. Maybe it's necessary and it's good to be proactive. Uh, but I will say as far as people for this season, man, it doesn't seem like he's going to be too, too productive on a nightly basis for your fantasy team. Uh, anytime so you, wouldn't, soon. you wouldn't make a buy low offer on Zion? No, no, I'm not a buy low on Zion right now. Is that, is that what you're doing? Is that what you're thinking? You're going to make some offers in friends and family? I mean, I haven't I haven't made an offer, but I think it, do you have them in friends and family? No, I don't No. Okay, no. I would have taken him off no. your hands in friends yeah, and family. Yeah. I mean, it's he like he's still got fantasy intangibles, right? Because he's a really fun player, uh, uh, super buzzy player. I don't know that he's gonna, you know. I guess this is another case like Oladipo, where you have to imagine he's not gonna he's not gonna play back to backs. They're gonna limit his minutes uh, extensively immediately, maybe for the entire season. Maybe there's not a game all season where he plays thirty minutes. Um, but perhaps by the end, I don't know. Like if you're in a head-to-head league and you're able to look ahead to April and you think you're going to get there without him, um, without a meaningful contribution from him, maybe. I, like I could imagine, um, uh, I could imagine placing a low-ball offer, especially like now when we don't have an ETA. Uh, if you own him, you've probably had nights where you're like, "Oh man, should I just cut this guy? I could use the spot. Um, what will anybody give me for him?" Like, I bet you're having doubts about his availability at all uh, for the balance of the season. So, yeah, I might I might make a little low ball offer. Let me tell you, he's not been a fun own for me in that Roto World live draft I, I did on the, the TV deal with, uh, with three bench spots and no else spots. It's not not been not been a great own. To that can we can we get own. an update on that league? Where you not not great, not great, Bob. No, not <laughs> no, not uh, not. I blame my second round pick giving me not just zeros, but literally hurting because you can turn. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I should have probably dropped him honestly in hindsight, but yeah, that'll be a tough one fighting for a playoff spot. But get get well soon, Zion, for that for that team's sake. Again, looking back, you drafted that team like days before the injury, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Days are happened. Days right are hours. Like it was really yeah, close yeah. to the injury, but it, yeah. it's not like it's not like you took a flyer on him on the wrong side of the injury or anything like that. That's just dumb luck. No, it was mostly cause and effect. Me drafting him led directly to the player getting injured. That's usually <laughs> All right. Well, what do we do? I guess you want to get to some pickups. Yeah. Now that we've hyped your abilities as a fantasy analyst, let's. Uh, <laughs> right. I don't know. Give us some recommended pickups for the yeah, for okay. the week ahead. Week or two. All ahead. right. So no video from this week with the holidays, but we already talked about Aaron Holiday, Boucher, and Damian Lee. But uh, I, I mentioned last week, but Gorgie Jang is still t- 22% owned. And Kat, he may return by the time you hear this podcast. He may have this knee injury lingering all year. So I picked him up yeah. proactively in the friends and family league. I held on there. And it's just a weekly transaction league, so it's not even helping me now, which he will help you any night that Kat sits out. He'll help you. But long term, he could really help you. I hope that's not a problem. 
But with Minnesota not doing well, I think that's becoming more than, or at least a minor concern. And one last one, I'll say Troy Brown Jr. on Washington, 31% owned. He was the number 15 pick of the 2018 draft. We talk about Washington's a great setup. Uh, they're fast-paced, horrible defense. Um, you know, fantasy community has been waiting for this guy to break out. He had a nice last game. He's got the skills. So Troy Brown Jr. is a guy I would also be very uh, interested in picking up. Can I ask you just a, a general philosophical question about how you deal with, uh, I'm, I just brought up Basketball Monster, which I find invaluable for a few oh, different yeah. reasons, but one oh, yeah. of the reasons is the uh, schedule grid. Um, how how you generally manage around like two-game weeks? Like what caliber of player does it have to be before you'll still start them in a two-game week? You know, Basketball Monster is great too. And they even do projections for the weeks and they, and they, and they count in how many, uh, how many games played three. So I will look at that site. That is good. And um, yeah, I, that is such a tough thing, battling the stars. And one, I guess the, my main takeaway I would say from, from experience is any player that is day-to-day, uh, even if they're like a game more, I don't mess with as far as head-to-head. And I just, yeah. I do health over everything. But yeah, I mean, it comes down to... Um, you know, you can get in really, I remember Kyle mentioned it. We had a guest earlier, Kyle McEwen, and he was talking about looking at his opponents too. Do you get that deep? You know, you look and you say, well, you might want to start more block and defensive guys based on your opponents and you uh, closer to the deadline that week too. You know, you could get really deep and extensive that way too. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. I start to, I start to do that a little bit in, uh, y- you know, so that some of the teams with uh, two game weeks upcoming, Houston, that's kind of brutal. Uh, I've got Capella in a couple leagues. Um, the Pelicans have two games upcoming. Philly has two games upcoming. I've got some Sixers shares. Uh, so you, like you start looking at an opponent's lineup at a matchup uh, to see whether you really need the stats, the stats in which like a guy like Capella is even going to contribute anyway. And if I don't, guys like that are just almost impossible to play in, in two gamers. Yeah, as soon as I say that, too, it looks like Gallinari has been ruled out uh, tonight. And I have him in my friends and family lineup, and I was worried <laughs> about that. So it's so funny. But uh, yeah, that's so that's another thing. And also what your team, you know, your team's short in one area. You know, you got to look at that. So there's really no simple answer there. But yeah, you got to find a balance of. Uh, but, you, you know, I guess to novice people, you would be surprised playing, you know, four uh, games from an average player is, is often more valuable than two from a stud. I mean, it really does sure. come down to volume. I mean. All right, let's uh, let's hit our in case you missed it this week. And uh, for me, it's got to be uh, it's got to be this piece in the athletic about uh, all of the various things that Uncle Dennis was asking for. From this, I believe specifically references the Lakers. Presumably, he was asking these things of all teams, like a, oh, like yeah. just a thorough misunderstanding of what the free agency process is and or um, what it allows, or he thought it was somehow just like college recruiting where teams could make these things happen anyway, even though it's forbidden in the CBA. I don't know. Dennis wanted a plane. Um, Dennis wanted guaranteed uh, uh, commercial endorsements outside of uh, outside of the player salary. Dennis wanted Kawhi to have some sort of ownership stake in the in teams that uh, Kawhi was talking to, like just crazy asks. Um, I'm sure Given the given the player that was involved and given given this weird Uncle Dennis presence generally, um, I'm sure all those meetings were strange. I'm sure some of the requests were strange. I don't know. Did you get a chance to see this? Yeah, I know. It's an interesting read. I, I definitely recommend it. And uh, one of my takeaways is I'm guessing he asked this from all the teams. And I, I think there have been yeah. some rumblings that he definitely asked the Raptors, too. So. One of my takeaways is the Lakers have a leak problem. They continue to, or maybe they, maybe in this sense, they're mad yeah. and they want no, to, and they point. have no downside. Fine. But um, I'm sure he asked this with all of 
them. And it, and I, I don't think Uncle Dennis didn't know he wasn't doing anything, you know, untoward here. I think he just blatantly didn't care. And he didn't think that this would come <laughs> out like this. But there's weirdness with the whole Magic Johnson situation there. So um, I don't know. But the Lakers, yeah, I think another Lakers leak, man. They're in-house there. They needed to clean up. But having said that, some very weird requests. And I, and I think he even compared it to like, Magic Johnson, you know, well, it's a little bit of a different situation when he was forced retirement because he was into some stuff, you know, like afterward, you know, you know, what will I be taking care of afterward and all this, you know, off court endorsement deals and all kinds of stuff. So very interesting read. And I have to say, I'm not like very surprised that this happens, but definitely most in your face evidence, I'd say. No, that's a really good point about the Lakers, because the article actually read as if, um, you, you know, if you're if you're just casually going through it, you might have thought that this is stuff that he only asked of the Lakers. But I'm sure you're right. I'm sure I'm sure this was this was on the table with the Raptors and anybody else who talked to uh, who talked to Uncle Dennis. For sure. No, I, I have heard reports since then in the Raptors. They just didn't, you know, re- release the details quite like it. But yeah, I think he, they de- he definitely asked for the same. All right. That is going to do it for this week's show. Um, and that is going to be our last show, I believe. Do I have this right? Of 2019. We're going to come back next week, next Thursday. First show of 2020. Um, I will resolve to be better in 2020. In the meantime, please subscribe. Write us nice reviews on Apple Podcasts. It's not going to kill you to do that. Tell a friend about the show. Hope you're all having a wonderful, absolutely wonderful holiday season, uh, no matter how or where you celebrate. Um, remember, you can always send us questions. Follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy, at Dalton Del Don, at Andy Barons. That is it for 2019, people. We will come back at you next week. We are out.